Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the 172nd edition of the Frank and Stan chat. And it's the last one of 2023 and the one sort of it's about 10 days, I think, before Christmas. So that gives you a clue as to the date. I've been asked every time now to include the date, 15th of December 2023. So and we have a guest. Hello, Eric. Eric's back again. Hello, Eric. Hello. Hello, Frank. Hi, Stan. Good to be back. This is the third time it's becoming a habit, this. It is. The first, Eric, was in December 18, 2021. And uh, I, I, I've been analysing the viewing figures of that, Eric. And we'll we'll, we'll glide over that as quickly as we can. <laughs> it was just the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> a few more. I think I think your family watched as well, Eric. But, um, but no, but last year, the, the, the figures... They didn't want to, though. <laughs> <laughs> they were forced to do it after the Christmas dinner. Um, just left the YouTube on on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> but last year, idea, last year the figures went up enormously. So something happened, and Eric, we've got a book. You are an author. Oh, well, I am. About, yes, tell it us is, about um, it. Yeah, it's 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 been a long time coming because I submitted it to the publishers over a year ago. And so, so, actually, some of the poems are probably outdated there. Some of the references <laughs> in them probably have got people like Boris as prime minister and things like that. But regardless, um, yeah, I, I put a, a poetry book together, submitted it to a publishers. They accepted it, and it was published on the 8th of December. As uh, as you see, it's called Love, Hurt and Whimsy, and that's because it's in three sections, reflecting those three words, of course. Well, thanks for showing it. No, and I'm also, on, I'm on holiday that, at the moment. Yeah, but those are your photographs as well, aren't they? You took the photo- yeah that 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 photograph of the three um, sheep. I think I suppose they are or three animals, uh, um, woolen knitted animals, was from the Chelsea Flower Show um, in the oh, I don't know five ten years ago probably. Wow. Um, it was uh, an artisan garden that was um, they were they were hanging over a half door. Uh, looking into this garden so I quite like the picture and the three animals reflect the three sections of the book I think you know I hope anyway well do you want to kick off with one of them one of the poems yeah actually this this is a a poem that uh, interestingly last year in this um, conversation this podcast I I had another look at it so I've added one to the figures (laughs) it's um I was reminded that we talked a little bit about affirmations and about the power of those uh, in working with pupils or with staff or with anyone, really. And But what I didn't do was read a poem last year that I'd written. Um, may not have even written it last year, but regardless, I'm going to read it now. It's called Affirmations. It's in the book. <laughs> Everyone loves a kind word, a reward, praise. Those affirmations mean mean the world to us. A birthday card, a thank you, or even a smile, as long as someone of us. Kids adore being told how much they're loved. An arm round the shoulder is often enough. I, I like a handshake as a gesture of thanks. Anything showing you're valued is great stuff. I still have my cycling proficiency certificates, my badges for swimming those lengths. I remember the kind... Things some teachers said, and I was over the moon when one said I had strengths. 
Some people get nominated for Oscars. Others get the famous blue plaques. A few get a chest full of medals or a trophy. Most of us just get a pat on the back. Please remember to give out lots of praise. Don't miss the chance to say very well done. Thank yous help us feel just great and make our lives much more fun. Lovely. Well done, Eric. I would, I would use that at an assembly if I was still a head teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, it's been quite a year, isn't it? Um, we've never had any sort of, well, there's been no lack of stuff to talk about, Stan. Um, no. uh, <laughs> For three years, Frank. I know, I know. It, I mean, we keep saying that it's the government that keep on giving, but it, it, uh, I mean, I hope that the, if there is isn't whichever government, whichever colour it is next year, that it perhaps uh, doesn't create so much turbulence, you know. Um, and I've been thinking about, you know, the, the reports and the things that we've been talking about over the last sort of, what is it, 41 editions um, this year. And we've often spoken about, you know, it, recruitment and retention of teachers, you know, recruitment and retention of head teachers and senior leaders, you know, um, just a... And actually that affirmation, uh, Eric, you know, the sort of sense that the government want to sort of encourage you and say, well done. And, you know, just tell you how wonderful you're doing, you know, or stepping up to the plate when everything's against you. You know, there's yeah. been a sort of lack of that, but also sort of this lack of focus on poverty, um, uh, which I see quite a lot of in my work. Um, and and also the, the, the it's quite interesting, isn't it, this week? Um, the government decided they didn't need a minister for um, disability. Um, and that, in a sense, is a reflection of where special educational needs is in the country and, and, and you know, where it's all heading. And, and if you have a child who's got particular needs, you know, whether you feel as though there's sufficient resources to, to support you in their development, you know, but actually, the Minister for Common Sense have made the point that we need a Minister for Disability. Possibly, Stan. Possibly. I mean, um, I mean, I wouldn't like to see that person as the Minister for Disability. I have to say, I don't think that's a sort of. I don't think that's going to be a strong appointment somehow. But, um, but I think for me, you know, when I go around to schools, in and I think, yeah, we all have access to schools. You know, all of that is it does affect it, but I still see young people children just up for it you know just being children just being young people and teachers still and head teachers still showing a lot of optimism and uh, enthusiasm for their work you know not being dragged down by all of this it's it doesn't stop them from being effective in in their enthusiasm for work and for for bettering the lives of young people so mm -hmm. i still remain optimistic about what the future holds um, yeah, when you you just mentioned <coughs> head teacher recruitment a few moments ago, and I was I was involved, invited to be involved uh, by uh, with um, the appointment of a head teacher for one of the schools, special schools I work with, very recently actually, and um, it got me thinking how how very very important. And you guys may have discussed this previously on one of your podcasts is um, the head teacher's value system and how um, reliant they should be on that, and particularly courage, because they do need to be courageous these days. I was thinking back when I first became a head teacher many, many years ago, the budget I had was £2,000. 
It was a, a requisition budget. Yes. Anything, everything else was covered by the local authority. £2,000 and now, just on financial, in financial um, terms, you know, look what look what people are, are having to deal with and are responsible for. But they're constantly managing and leading change. You know, if there's one thing certain in education is that there's nothing that's certain. It's constantly changing. Yeah. And people need to be very courageous. They're under an awful lot of pressure. So it got me thinking about how how you I haven't got the answers, but how you might best um, seek that seek sight of those kind of qualities when you're trying to recruit and um, a new head teacher because it's so so important, you know. I have to say, confidence is a big thing in in being courageous. Mm. Um, there were decisions I made. Um, as a head that were decisions I could make because I had the staff I had, I had the school I had, and therefore I could say, we're not doing that, we're doing it our own way. Mm -hmm. But I know in schools I've been in previously, particularly in uh, disadvantaged areas, you, you haven't got that underpinning sense of, of strength to be able to say, we're not doing or we're doing it differently. Yeah. I do think it takes courage, but I do think that's it's difficult to say, I think, for some heads in certain circumstances who might be courageous, but know as well that, that the risks that they're taking are far greater than the risks others are taking by, by being courageous. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely one with you. You know, the, the confidence and the courage go, go hand in hand and one you know, perhaps underpins the other, which is your point. Yeah, I do. I do fully agree with that. But if I reflect on the head teachers I work with, and I think about you know what 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 stands out, what what makes those that are most successful most successful, and it is to do with wearing their values on their sleeves. You know, they 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 measure what they do, they determine what they do uh, in in relation to their value system. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when the going gets tough, you know, they rely on those on those values, those principles that they hold dear to see them through. And in, and most often they do. I think it's yeah. so important, but I think the recruitment of it is really, really interesting, you know, and obviously it can be quite overt and you can you can say, you know, you want to explore people's value systems at interview and any presentations you ask them to do or any scenarios you present with them and you you know you want to know how they deal with them can all be geared towards that and I think I actually think they should you know yeah I think what you've got to weed out is the actors yes That's those that, that tell you what they think you want to hear yeah. if they're the ones that, that yeah. don't actually have the values that match the school's values and, and, yeah and they're I, the I, ones who fall yeah. foul of it Absolutely right, Stan. Um, but I think in a in a wholesome uh, interview process that has quite a number of parts, you probably can do that. You know, you 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 you, you know, you get in sight of these people from various angles, and um, you do get to know those who are pulling the wall and those who don't um, don't believe it really. And I think that the truth it's that that sometimes uh, professional development for head teachers. Um, enables them to understand budgets and what have you, but actually, perhaps there's not enough time spent on you know what, what's my educational philosophy, 
you know, what do I actually believe in? You know, what do I believe the truth to be? Or how do I feel as though, you know, I can demonstrate what I believe to be what's right in terms of a good education yeah. and being willing to stand up and say, this is what I believe is right, you know, um, and that point you were making um, about, you know, n- not just going along with it because, you know, that's what the governors or the trustees want you to say, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I'd much prefer to see a head, te- you know, a prospective head teacher going for a job and actually walking out halfway through because they've realised that this isn't going to work. You know, this is a bit of a blind date in many cases, you know, and yeah. and the yeah. quicker you walk away from it, probably it's better for everybody, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then everybody yeah. sticks at it, don't they? And they then say, I hope I don't get it, you know, or, mm. you know, and what do I do if I do get it? And then they're embarrassed to say, well, I don't want it, you know, but yeah. you should be saying that, you know. Um, the opposite's true as well, Frank. Sometimes people are just the perfect match. Because I know I've, I've probably done a hundred mm. headships over my time, and um, the one that always sticks to me is one two morning and afternoon separate interviews. Everybody gone but one candidate at lunchtime, and this one candidate I actually said to the governors, "Is a Catholic school? Is there anything that this man can say?" that will mean you're not going to appoint him? Is there anything at all that he could say? And they said, well, probably not. I said, I think he could say he worshipped the devil and you'd still think about it. And the priest went, hmm. <laughs> so I actually said, why, why are we bothering with, with a long, drawn-out afternoon when, you, you know, ask him about his principles, his values, mm. his his vision for the school, and if you're happy with that, Let's not waste a whole afternoon. Yeah. And he it was is, one of the best. It, it, it is funny when you actually get an interview and you feel completely relaxed. You know, that's happened to me probably three times in my life. Mm. And, the, and, the, and it feels just like a chat, you know, like to, mm. like this. You yeah. know, you get into that sort of groove, don't you? And you just feel this is going so well, you know, mm. too well in some respects. But actually, you know, that's a, what you know, you just feel as though, I just hope I get this. You know, these are nice people to work with. I feel as though I've got a good relationship with them. You know, this could develop yeah. into something, you know. Yeah, yeah, you do You do feel that. Perhaps I wouldn't wear the waistcoat if you did go to the interview. No, or, yeah. <laughs> Eric, have you got another poem for us as we move on to... Uh, yeah, actually, today? um I, this isn't my book. <laughs> this is a book I, um, I knew about. It's from the 80s. Um, it's called, obviously, Invisible Children. And it's um, about those youngsters that teachers can't remember. Maybe because they didn't make their mark because they weren't high flyers or they weren't um, troublesome to teachers but maybe because those youngsters didn't want to make their mark is is what it was about mm-hmm. those hiders those youngsters who didn't didn't um didn't want to stand out so i wrote um, a poem thinking about that but from the point of view of teachers that do we all i certainly don't remember all the teachers i had i remember some of them and uh, this is a poem about my memorable teacher Someone once wrote about invisible children that teachers can never remember. They recall the ones that were naughty or nice, but forget the others by November. To be fair, I think the same can be said about those, about the many teachers we've all had. 
I can remember the keen and exciting ones, and I can vivid, vividly recall the bad. The ones in between remain anonymous. I remember very few at all. They may have helped me learn a few things, but nothing I can recall. Teachers who made an impression on me remain clearly in my mind, invariably they were honest and kind. My most memorable teacher was Mr. Kavanagh, then the young head of maths. He formed a strong bond with the kids in his class, keen to get them on the right paths. He inspired me with his tricks with numbers and the patience he demonstrated. His lessons were fun and interesting, and when the bell went, the kids were deflated. I have a lot of thanks for my memorable teachers, especially Mr. Kavanagh. Without them, I may have played the fool and just heard blah, blah, blah. Because of them and their investment in me, I was able to stay on the right track. They're not invisible by any means. They're the ones that have the right knack. Mm. That's it. <clears throat> excellent. Excellent. I remember Dave, <clears throat> Dave Mill, I think I've said this a few times, but Dave um, was a, an 18 year old who just left the grammar school opposite our school. And he came over to teach history uh, for a year as an unqualified teacher. Um, before he went to university, um, he wanted to see whether or not it was his thing. Um, and the grammar school where he was at, um, they didn't feel as though it was a good idea for him. Bear in mind, he was known to students younger in the, you know, in the school. So he came over the road to us. <clears throat> he was the most amazing um, history teacher. Uh, he, he turned my, my life around. Um, and, you know, he attended our wedding. We still get a Christmas card off Dave. Um <coughs> He's a he's a, a wonderful royalist. He in the back of his car he used to have a picture of the the queen <clears throat> facing out, and he had a hand that was like this on either side. <clears throat> but Dave was a great a great teacher. Um, not not skilled, just a very good. Yeah, somebody you know those teachers that just stand up in front of you and you think, my God, he knows so much. You know this this guy's worth listening to. You know, and I, I don't ever remember Dave shouting or. Or telling anybody off, everybody just towed the line. Yeah. Do you, um, you know, from all the observations you've done, chaps of lessons over the years in wearing various hats, can you remember the best you ever saw? Yeah, well, you can, yeah, you can. can remember a range of them because mm. <clears> when <throat> we meet up, we we tend to, you know. Go, go into into memory mode and start saying, do you remember that lesson that we saw? And do you remember yeah. how that teacher dragged that yeah. school up? Yeah. Particularly in the t in years ago when, you know, you put a good teacher in year six and that made a big difference to the school's yeah. overall performance. Yeah. And, you know, quite often you saw some cracking teachers. My, the teacher that changed my life was I was in reception. Yeah. And going back now, this is 1959-ish. Oh, and um, Just yeah, after the war. We had queens and air rods. Oh, yeah. And, and <clears throat> that was completely innovative thinking. And by the time I left reception, I was adding, subtracting, multiplying and dividing fractions. Wow. And then, then it all went wrong. And it went downhill after that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I, must, I must tell you very briefly... Um, when I was with Ofsted, um, the nursery school in Liverpool where I went as a child was inspected and they 
um, got outstanding. And my line manager at the time wasn't used to Air Frank. <clears throat> um, said, oh, they, I'm going there to visit them, you know, celebrate their outstanding. He, I said, oh, you know, please just uh, remember me to them. And so uh, the head teacher, uh, through my line manager, invited me along to this on a different oh, wow. occasion to go back to the nursery, which was remark a remarkable experience because I was able to, to see where, you know, they put me on the camp bed in the afternoon and where the enormous oil rig of a climbing frame was that went on my back was about up, about up to my chest, you know. <clears throat> anyway, I said to them, I do remember each um, each morning, mid-morning, we all we always got hot cocoa and um, or warm cocoa. And uh, I said, I remember that there was this kind of aluminium jug. It must have been a two-gallon jug that they used to serve it on, serve it in. And um, she said, hang on a minute, <laughs> and came back with the very same joke <laughs> from 60 years previously. Um, I mean, I immediately took a photo of it. It was a wonderful experience. I, I'm, I'm a governor at the school I went to as a child. Oh, so wow. I, I, it's in a new build now, but the old build is still used as the village hall. So I went round that, and and the stories that just come to you when you do it, you know, great big fire in the classroom. There's always a big coal fire in the classroom, and a, yes. a blue solid grate round it to stop the children. And no comment other than that was where the little boys that had had accidents used to have to stand and steam off <laughs> <laughs> in front of the roaring fire. <laughs> That's wonderful. wonderful. I, do, I do remember the best. I mean, I, I was very lucky uh, to get some amazing uh, teachers at my second headship. Uh, so I don't want to sort of uh, underplay their, their brilliance. That Some of them were awesome and made me look really good. Um, but I remember during my induction year with Ofsted, we, um, and this, I made this point because it's so different now for HMI that um, I had a whole, even though I'd inspected for about six, seven years, I still had to had to endure or enjoy a year of induction as an HMI. And during that year, I inspected in Germany, went to a prison, you know, but I also went to one of the poshest independent schools in the country, um, a school that had uh, an Olympic swimming pool for about 80 kids you know, uh, gives you a sense. And I think it was somewhere in the region of £35,000 a year, and it was not boarding. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was really at the very top end. And I went with um, uh, the, the view that it was going to be, you know, rubbish, to be honest, I thought. But I, I and so I went in to see an English lesson with the, the head teacher took it. And I think I've mentioned this before again, but it was around Louis Sakar holes. And he just wrote 10 words on the on the board. And I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. I still remember now one of them was JFK. Another one was Macbeth. But as he read the two, as the, as the class read the book, he then drew comparisons between an event in that chapter with these words and events on the board. And the, the sophistication of the discussion that happened you know, the fact that the children then started connecting some of the words together and the events, you know, it took it to a completely different plane. You know, I, I, and I think for me, it was the fact that I thought it was going to be rubbish, but it actually turned out to be one of the very best lessons I've ever seen, you know. Yeah. And it only had the book and 10 words on the 
board. It didn't have loads of sheets. It didn't have lots of activity. It was just good, solid teaching, you know, and somebody who knew the book really well and knew their history and their English really well. Yeah, You know, my... Um... You know, my background, not only at Ofsted, but prior to that is being his, has been in special schools. But it's and, and my work is almost exclusively continuing to be in special schools. And I do work with the schools and have worked with schools at Ofsted, quite a considerable number of what are now called um, social emotional um difficulties and mental health difficulties uh, used to be the kind of behaviour issues that schools had, that, that pupils had, and Prue's as well. And I remember at Ofsted, one of the most striking lessons I saw, and I'll be very brief with this, was delivered by a non-qualified teacher in a school that I was monitoring because it was in uh, special measures, a school for youngsters with behaviour problems. And this teacher had this class of, I don't know, nine or ten predominantly lads who had been cooled out of education. They didn't want to be there, but he had them hanging on every word. They were studying the rise of the Third Reich. Now, I may have taken him to task on why he was teaching these kids who didn't want to go to school that rise of the and He was dressed in a duffel coat. Wow. And he did a marvelous job with these kids. They were they were so switched on. It was great. Yeah. Um, well, before we get to the final poem, um, I thought, Stan, I've done a little bit of a review of our chats this year. Right. So this year this we had given an IP sixty-five. No, no, we had just over ten percent increase in the number of people um, watching, and also um, a, a sort of more than ten percent. Because what people can do is they can just click on watch, you know, a minute or whatever, then drop off. But actually, uh, the the length of time that people are watching the videos, um, more people are watching the full length and more people are watching for longer. Um, And so those figures are 10 percent higher than they were last year. Um, And also, I think that overall, some of the big hitting editions are really very popular very very popular so what i did was i i will do over the next couple of weeks the the top 10 we'll, we'll have a sort of countdown but as it stands uh in 10th is andy hargreaves professor andy hargreaves and his is very recent so his rec- it was only a few weeks ago he came on uh so to actually come in 10th is really good then there was dennis sherwood at nine do you remember dennis is the guy who was talking about the, the GCSE and A-level grades are not as accurate as you think they are. Um, and then in eighth was Shaheen Myers, again, very recently, who spoke about well-being. Then James Eldon at seven, who was the head at Manchester Academy. Um, then at six is Headrest. Do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember that yeah. edition, Stan? Um, when we yeah. did the chat with... Uh, a couple of colleagues who support head teachers who are going through emotional challenges sometimes after Ofsted. Um, then yeah, I've, I've pushed that quite a few times since then. I, I, in fact, I have that on the slides every time I talk to. Oh, do you? That might account for the reason why it's they're, they're, they're so high. Then fifth, and, and again, uh, Stan, uh, Eric, this is uh, Dr. Rebecca Lawton, um, who is a CEO of uh, uh, independent special schools, a number of those. And, sh- and they've done some really interesting work around four-day weeks. 
So they're really looking at how they can make the job more attractive for people. At fourth, it, uh, in fourth place is uh, Anne Morris, the Yippie app colleague who, right. you know, the tutoring session. So I think she's been very keen on us. Uh, then in third is uh, Professor Mel Ainsco, who did all the work around equity and uh, is working with sort of Dundee schools and Manchester schools at the moment. In second is Carolyn Eyre and that safeguarding edition, which wow. uh, she's which I wasn't there on. No, well, remarkably, that's the second most popular. But then, and again, this year, the most popular one is Dan Worsley, the the right. children's poet. And we do a special edition, Eric, for World Book Day. And uh, basically, if you can't get an author, then Dan comes on and, and schools, I think what's happened is because there's a very high viewing figure on it, primary schools particularly just put that on for 30 minutes if they can't get an author. And so Dan Dan does his bit. So uh, so yeah. So we'll be doing. I'll I'll tally these up because they do change, and we'll do a little countdown before New Year. Um, but yeah. So Eric, do you want to do your final poem? <laughs> yes, and, and chaps, I do know that you both got sons, um, and yes. I too have got a son. Mine mine lives in Beijing and has done for well, he's been in China for about eleven years now. Um, and uh, I wrote a poem about uh, my son, so I'll dedicate this book? to your son as well. Book, Pardon? Is that in the book? It, this isn't in the book. It's been I written know. since uh, I was the I, book. I, I just proves that I have read the book. You, you <laughs> don't, thank you very it. much. So, as I say, I'll dedicate this to your two sons as well as mine, if I oh, if I you. might. It's called My Son. Son. I love you more than you will believe and much more than I ever did conceive. You rode my shoulders when you were a sprat. I'd carry you again at the drop of a hat. We've travelled the wide world side by side. We've seen sights to make our eyes open wide. While your footprints can be alongside mine, they must be your own if you are to shine. Take your own journey now and make your mark. Sometimes there'll be light and sometimes dark. Should you need a lamp, I will light your view. If you need to reach higher, I will lift you. When you want directions, I'll be your map. If you need praise, I'll be the first to clap. If you limp, I will gladly be your crutch. If you need contact, it will be me that you touch. I don't know, of course, what the future holds, I do know it will be exciting as your life unfolds. Make your every waking moment memorable. Have a life that's absolutely immeasurable. Eventually, I won't be there to dry your tears, to share your highs or calm your fears. There will be things that I will never see that you will. I won't share any more the things that thrill. But when I'm gone and you think you're alone, remember, son, I'm your blood and I'm your bone. Right. Well, gosh, thank you, Eric. Um, yeah. And thank you, Stan. Um, yeah, and a happy new year to everyone. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got guests lined up now till May. So um, we will get round to the, uh, to the next anniversary, Stan. So, uh, yeah. Because these started, I think it was May the first, twenty twenty twenty. Can I, can I just before we go, chaps? Do you mind if I just offload something? Please do. 
I'm I'm on holiday at the moment. This is the last day of our week in Anglesey, actually. <clears throat> and I brought along my uh, Christmas cards to write that my wife had bought for me, a load of boxes of Christmas cards. And she says, you get on with all your friends. So I've been writing them <clears throat> and um, we've been posting them off every couple of days. And uh, they have been yesterday, she said to me, where are those two cards for the girls, our daughters, Helen and Laura, that she'd had, uh, she'd had kind of, not made, but she'd added to. So to our lovely daughter, Helen has been, to our lovely daughter, Laura. I said, I've no idea. She said, I think you've sent them to some of your friends. <laughs> so, I want to upload that because I'm in the bad books. I'm in the bad books. <laughs> and um, also to say, if any of my friends do happen to look at this podcast and you've received a card from me that says Helen or Laura on it, please forgive me. <laughs> we will. I think Fra Frank and I will, having listened to your confession now, we will we'll, <laughs> we'll give you forgiveness. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, thank you, everybody, and all the guests and everything. And thank you, Stan, for, you know, these Friday mornings. If they weren't there, I, I, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, I've just become such an important part of my week. Um, but uh, thank you for your time. And uh, we've got our Christmas lunch in a few hours, so I look forward yeah. to actually seeing you in person. But, uh, yeah, and thank you to the guests and everybody who watches. And uh, uh, we're back something like, I think it's the 12th of uh, January. So have a great Christmas and a great New Year. And all being well, we'll see you then. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Merry Eric. Christmas, fellas, and a yeah. great New Year to you both. Yeah, Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.